Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Jalenta. Yeah, Kristen. Have you ever heard that saying, good things happen to good people? Kristen, I think you're talking about that 80s bestseller, why bad things happen to good people. It's bad things. No, Jalenta. Actually, I am talking about a completely different book, a different bestseller from 2007 called Why Good Things Happen to Good People people. Well, which one is right? <laughs> How can there just be two bestsellers? One <laughs> just blatantly negating the other. Well, we are about to find out, my friend, because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And this is By the Book. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain, so you need some help. Oh, yes, some self-help. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. Today, our book is Why Good Things Happen to Good People, How to Live a Longer, Healthier, Happier Life by the Simple Act of Giving by Stephen Post and Jill Nymark. Jill Nymark is a veteran science journalist, and Stephen Post is head of the Institute for Research on Unlimited Love, which funds studies on the impacts of love and giving in our lives. In their book, the authors claim that generous behavior is closely associated with lower rates of depression and better health, as well as increased social competence, empathy, and happiness. To put it in more spiritual terms, they claim that when we give, we find our true selves. 
The book consists of a 10-step kindness to happiness program as well as summaries of scientific studies that support the author's theories. For example, one study indicates that older people who give live longer than those who don't. Another shows that people who are giving during their high school years have better physical and mental health even 50 years later. And, of course, just about every study leads to the same conclusion, that people of all ages who help others on a regular basis, even in small ways, feel happiest. Since being published in 2007, Why Good Things Happen to Good People has been translated into over half a dozen languages and been praised by everyone from the Ford Foundation to NPR to the founder of Habitat for Humanity. It was also awarded the Comma Book Award in Medical Humanities. Here's how you do it. Step one, celebrate. Celebrate your life with a gratitude journal or a ritual, like saying grace or singing, and celebrate others by sending letters of thanks, visiting friends, or volunteering to visit strangers. Step two, generativity. In other words, practice selfless giving to others, in particular to future generations. Write down your life goals and passions and make sure that at least two involve helping others in a selfless way. Mentor, teach, volunteer, or even better, invite someone to volunteer with you who seems unhappy or isolated. Practice small acts of generosity, and throughout all this, appreciate others' responses to your efforts, as well as your own pleasure in giving. Step three, forgiveness. By forgiveness, the authors mean letting go of resentment and a desire for revenge. They do not mean pardoning or excusing bad behavior. Start with yourself. Recall an incident in which you were forgiven. Bask in that good feeling. Now, think about a mistake you've made that's been distressing you and forgive yourself. Next, forgive others. And finally, apologize for your own transgressions and mistakes. Step four, courage. See yourself as capable and as an active participant in your world. Welcome change and challenge. Be willing to confront pain in the world. And when you do, do so kindly with your focus on creating a positive impact. Now think about the changes you want to see in the world. Determine what you can do and do it. Step five, humor. Watch movies that make you and those you care for laugh. Connect with others through laughter, either by sitting in an audience at a funny show or by performing. Appreciate life's absurdities. Use humor to diffuse tense situations and delight others. Step six, respect. Don't just practice tolerance, but acceptance by traveling, seeking out difference, and learning about other cultures. Start a respectful dialogue with another person. Seek to understand, not to be understood. Help people from all walks of life. Spend time in beautiful surroundings and listen to transcendent music. Seek out the quality of the miraculous. Step seven, compassion. Spend time with babies and young children, whether babysitting for a neighbor or volunteering in a hospital. Caring for the innocent and helpless sparks our compassionate brain. Look for suffering in your own circles and outside of them and find ways to help. Step eight, loyalty. Spend regular time with your family and work to find compromises that benefit everyone. Nourish your friendships, make new ones and rekindle old ones. If you're married, take time to play, give without expectation, and remember that all marriages have their ups, downs, and surprises. Finally, make humanity your friend and see yourself as part of a whole. Step nine, listen. Listen with your whole self in a non-directive and supportive way. Refrain from talking about yourself. Learn the difference between questions that are open and those that aren't. Show empathy and encourage others to keep talking by repeating keywords and restating longer phrases. Remember that good listening is good nurturing and connects us with others. Step 10, creativity. 
The personality trait most linked with creativity is openness to experience, so be open. Marvel in the creativity and innovation around you. Make the familiar new, and then wed creativity to service, whether it's finding a new way to protest, volunteering creatively, or passing your creativity on to others. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. So, Jolenta, tell us about your first week of living by why good things happen to good people. Kristen, I have to be honest with you. I hated reading this book. What? It's all about being good. so painful to read. I mean, if you can't tell by our list of directions, there's a lot going on in this book. It's only 10 steps. It's not like it's 100. 10 steps with really long chapters full of, like, studies that sound very fake about love and, like, you know tear-jerking stories straight out of chicken soup for the teenage soul. Like, loved that's it. how saccharine they are. I yeah. So I know. Good. So I know. Good. I, I had a feeling we disagree on this point. <laughs> <laughs> Considering your love of Christmas movies and just, like, crying about feeling good. I love crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but week one isn't about judging. So I started with something from the book that didn't sound too crazy, which was celebrating others. Step one. I love step one. Yeah. yeah Celebrating's yeah. fun. It is super fun. So my partner Brad and I brought our dog down to the New York Marathon and we celebrated the shit out of a bunch of strangers as they ran. Is this fun? This is the best day in New York. You love giving dog high fives? I love giving high fives, but the runners like the dog high fives. Yeah, it's so nice to watch them smile when they see his little dumb face. Yeah, they love this guy. It's just such a good day. Everyone feels like they're all supporting each other. I just love it so much. You love it, Frank? Yay. Yay. Oh, I love Marathon Day, too. I was out there cheering, too. I love Marathon Day. Yeah, Marathon Day is Brad's favorite day of the year and it's hard not to get swept up in his joy and the joy of the runners and my dog's joy we made him give little high fives with his paw it was cute it was great oh my god what's not to love all right right, but what did you do next Uh, I also started a gratitude journal to celebrate my own life. Every morning when I woke up, I had my coffee, and I'd write down one thing I was grateful for. Oh, good. That's a great way to start the day. Nice. It was nice. It was nice. Uh, One of the things I realized I'm grateful for is uh, when dog paws smell like popcorn. Oh, my God. But how do you not eat the paws? How do you not eat those paws? Too delicious. It's so cute. Uh, So cute. Next, I wanted to work on compassion, and I wanted to do a sort of micro-local thing. And I vowed to myself that I would help every woman with a baby in a stroller that I saw on the subway for the two weeks of doing this project. Oh, that's amazing. Right. You know, that's so see, many yeah. women. And they're it, going yeah. up and downstairs with the it's strollers. Yeah. yeah, they're schlepping all the mom stuff, but they're using, like, public transit that, you know, hates wheels. Yes. So, yeah, they need a lot of help, and I often sort of avoid them. Um <laughs> <laughs> If I'm being honest, I, like, run away from them so they don't look at me and, like, see me as able-bodied. Oh, my God. But I bet they so appreciated it. Yeah. By the middle of week one, I had helped five moms, and I was noticing something interesting every time I helped them. Listen. I just helped a woman. She was going up the stairs with a toddler in a stroller and a newborn strapped to her chest. You know, she's a tiny little woman, probably younger than me. 
And the first thing she said when I offered to help her up the stairs was, no, 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 I don't want to make you late. And I, I insisted I wasn't going to be late for anything. And she let me help her. And she was just so surprised that I even wanted to help. And this has been happening all week. Whenever I help a woman the whole way up the stairs, she's just always like, thanks. Oh, I'm so sorry. I super appreciate it. Why is everyone I help so, so surprised when I offer and so apologetic when I help them? Like that makes me sad. You know, these women are rearing the future and, and clearly in the subway, they must be treated like, like a shitty burden that's in the way. Like I've lived here almost a decade and I have not noticed this. I haven't noticed that. And that bothers me. Why are we making women feel like they have to apologize when they take their babies on mass transit? Oh, yeah. I feel so bad for those women. I just never really thought, like, I knew it must be an inconvenience to them, but I never realized, like, the sort of performance that goes into, like, getting help from a stranger and, like, prostrating yourself. Like, it's a fucking bummer. They deserve to have every right to get around the city the way we do. And if the city doesn't want to make that easy for them, like... They should be super entitled to help. You were really doing something great there. And hopefully, you know, you made that person's day better. And it sounds like you made yourself better. Yeah, I'm definitely going to help more often because now I'm just like enraged and it's an injustice (laughs) in the world. And like, I'm going to stop it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, then what? After that, it was generativity time. Uh, Well, at least the first part of generativity, because that is figuring out what your life's purpose is. Just sort of a big task. If you really oh my gosh! Yeah, it just sort of in an offhand sentence is like you know articulate your life's purpose, and I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> you guys, like that's months of work, right? Or years? years, hello, decades, a whole lifetime, like, maybe. Just articulate yeah. it, you know. Um, so I enlisted the help of my amazingly talented friend Ariana Siegel. She is a prolific performer and TV writer, and more importantly for me right now, she is a life coach. Nice. So I sat down with Ari, and we did one of her exercises where I tell a story about a time in my life where I felt, like, super empowered. And after an hour of coaching and dissecting that story, I was getting somewhere. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it's good. I, I trust that it's going to be. I trust that we're on our way at the very Okay, best. okay. I'm hearing a lot of self judgment. Yes, Ari. Project. Uh, we have it's, to, it's a bad mission. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I use my passion and rock my nerdiness to tell stories that get down and dirty so that others can remember we're all weirdos and part of a big weird world together. I fucking love that. Is that okay? That feels great to me. Right? It's okay. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel fine about it. I didn't know I felt so strongly about being nerdy and weird, but, like, I definitely do. Okay. So this is my final question, too. Mm -hmm. This is sort of a two-parter. Okay. What aspects of your life do you feel like you're really, like, in your mission? Mm -hmm. And what aspects of your life do you feel like you could do a better job of sort of, like, really being in your mission with it? I think I'm good at, like, broadcasting my own shit and, like, you know, I have the podcast, I do my stand-up, I, like, you know, yell at people on Twitter, but I think I would like to be doing a better job of also, like, helping other people do their shit more, or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Like, I'm telling the stories of a, you know, upper-middle-class white girl from Portland, Oregon, and I think there are, like, other stories that can embrace my mission more than my own that, like, I can help put out there. 
That's so inspiring, Jolenta. <laughs> I love that. It was a lot of work, but I think I, I fleshed out what I was about a little more. I'm weird. I want to celebrate it. I want people to not feel alone. And I want to, like, especially make disenfranchised people's stories told. And how did you go about implementing that newly clarified mission? Well, I did all that in week two, Kristen. So you're going to have to wait to find out because first... I have to hear about your first week of living by why good things happen to good people. All right. So, Jolenta, dear, as you know, I pride myself on being quite sensible. Mm-hmm. So I was excited about the science in this book. Oh, so scientific. <laughs> so many studies. So but, many. But as you know, I'm also a huge sap. So, of mm-hmm. course, I cried through half this book and I loved the crying because crying so awesome. Mm-hmm. All the stories of the people giving made me so happy. That dying mom who gave her son one last oh game God. of catch. It's all very gift of the mat. And what is oh, it? Gift of the magi, magi. And the mother who gave her bone marrow to that little boy, and that little boy later on lived. And everybody in the whole town invited her to a party so they could hug her. All sixty people in the town wanted oh, to hug a her because really of the bone marrow. Oh my God! I was waterworks. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, note to listeners: Kristen picked this book. I did. I just I didn't even know did. if like any of the stories were real. Like, oh my. God. God, I don't care like, if they're real. They're all a they're little so too perfect. Wonderful. A little too heart-wrenching. Like, it's a, it's a lot. It's them. a and, little much. And I love being nice, of course. It makes me happy. <laughs> I love stories of other people being nice. I love it all. Anywho, I decided to do the steps in what I thought would be the easiest order, starting with step one, the daily celebration. And I decided that the best way to do that would be for every night before bed for me and Dean to sing a song together. And here we are on night one, singing. I'm standing in the wind, but I never wave bye-bye. But I try. I try. Okay, Dean is by far the only one actually attempting to sing. You were just talking the lyrics and cracking up. I wouldn't even call that bad singing. I would just call that not singing. But did you hear that celebration? No, it was so cute. I thought Dean, you can hear like his earnest try in his voice. And that in itself is so sweet. It is. But it's so timid and he like wants to do it justice. But, but he also knows like this is fruitless. <laughs> and you know what? He actually hated this. Did he? I was laughing. I was loving it. Because yeah, he was taking it way more seriously than you, I think. Yeah, I just was having fun, but he hated it, and we actually had to stop doing that celebration. Oh, no. After Poor one Dean. week. After one week, he's like, I just can't do this anymore. But I did not give up. I kept soldiering through the book. The next step, I tried to tackle respect, and I decided to respect the world and the beautiful natural surroundings in Brooklyn. I went to Prospect Park. Mm. I enjoyed the changing fall leaves. I looked out my bedroom window each morning and I thanked the bright yellow tree outside the window for being so pretty. I tried to show reverence for the natural world. Nice. I can always get behind that. Next, I moved along to compassion. I spent the morning with my friend Matthew and his toddler Tom. Tom is lovely, and it was fun watching some of his moments of genuine wonder, looking at airplanes and bugs, and I got to read to him, and I always love reading to kids. 
But of course, there were some meltdowns because toddlers have meltdowns. Mm-hmm. And when those happened, I tried my best to treat him with compassion because, hey, that's what that stuff was all about. Uh, are you sure the meltdowns weren't because you were singing with him, Kristen? <laughs> And he was like, that's not even singing. You're just yelling a song at me. Like, why? Okay, I'm going to start singing again if you don't stop making fun of my singing. So watch out. So easy. It's the lowest hanging fruit on this podcast. Next up, I tackled loyalty. And I did that through friendship. I texted my friend Kim, who I haven't seen in ages. And I said, hey, let's meet for dinner in one hour. And magically, the timing just worked out, which it never does in New York. And she said, yes, I will meet you in one hour. And here we are. I haven't seen you in how many months? I know, a long time. It's been a while. I'm sorry. It's been been a while. Oh, what are you sorry for? I'm just as sorry. (laughs) I'm just so glad we're seeing each other now. Yay. I love you. You make my life better. That's so nice. Wow, you just went in for it. Hey, I haven't seen you forever. I love you. You make my life better. <laughs> I think like, it's important yes, to tell I people be stuff better that. friends. I want to not see you for a few months. And back. then I can be nice to you. Yeah, and then you won't be sick of me. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be like, you make my life better. You do make my no, life better, Jolenta. You make mine better, You make mine better. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just vomited. Back to your week two. All right. Well, after that, I practiced listening. Now, as you know, Jolenta, I recently got a promotion at work, Holla. and I decided that the first step after the promotion should be meeting one-on-one with all the producers on staff so that they could tell me what they want most from me, what they're happiest and saddest about at work, and I just did my best to listen. Wow, like what a boss. Yeah. What an actual boss. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very good. It made me feel great. So yeah, week one was a breeze. I loved it. But then we got to the harder steps during week two, and I have to say, things got pretty tough then. Well, not so fast. We'll get to that in a minute, Kristen. But first, let's take a little break. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Hey guys, we've been talking about why good things happen to good people, and one of the steps is humor. And one place you can find some of the best humor out there is in a podcast called Good One from Vulture. Good One is a podcast about jokes, a podcast where a comedian plays and breaks down their best joke with Vulture senior editor, Jesse David Fox. Season two just started with the incomparable Maria Bamford, who, of course, I love not just as a Minnesotan, but I just love her because she's hilarious. She's the funniest. She's so funny. She talks about wanting to tell her audience how much money she makes and bombing as a commencement speaker. And they've had a lot of other great guests, including Jerry Seinfeld, Tignataro, Weird Al, Kristen Schaal, Will Forte... And, get this, 
the guy who wrote jokes for President Obama. That's incredible. Those are very good guests. They're good guests, and Good One is a good podcast. It's a podcast about jokes, a podcast with new episodes every Monday, a podcast you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Jolenta, we talked about our first week of living by why good things happen to good people. Now let's talk about week two. How was your week two? All right, for week two, I wanted to think bigger. I wanted to get a little more down and dirty. Uh, So I started with respect. Ah, yes. Good old step six. And that meant it was time to talk to my mother-in-law. Oh, my God. You need to give some backstory here. Okay. Just up front, Brad, I'm sorry. I'm sure you'd rather I not talk about this, but I'm going to because it's my life. So uh, I love my mother-in-law. I truly, truly do. She is great. I am very lucky. But. We have very different ways of communicating. Uh, She's a little more into debating than I am. And I'm just, I'm not always ready for it. I'm not always used to it. And sometimes because of this, I end up walking away with hurt feelings after some interactions with her. Oh, yeah. So what do you normally do then? Uh, Normally, I just try to desperately take her side of the debate so everything stops. And then I just like run away and be like, why did I have to take her side? I should have spoken up for myself. But like, is it worth it? I don't know. So I usually just sort of agree with her and like run away and then go like, why do I have to agree? And like, she's not making me agree, but like, I feel like I have to. Because she's my husband's mom. Yeah. So that's like a totally different kind of style of communicating connecting yeah it's just very different from me yeah so yeah what did you do about it so according to the book respect is all about acceptance and understanding and it dawned on me we just don't know each other that well you know yeah i'm married to her son and i've been with him for you know almost a decade but i live really far away from her we've only hung out about a dozen or so times and it's always over holidays or like weddings you know uh, like yeah. it's not a great time to have heart to hearts and like really get to know someone so did you try to set up a meeting with her or what did you try to do did you try to say let's meet and not make it christmas time <laughs> no, or what did you do no. well i mean she is in california and i'm in new york so i didn't really do that but i wrote her an email and i was up front I said, I love her and I want to get to know her better. And I'm sorry if things were ever uncomfortable between us. And then I asked her about something I know we have in common. This is really touching my heart. Really? This is is so sweet. Oh, that's so nice. So so what happened? Did she reply? Uh, Well, just listen to this audio diary. Uh, An email from my mother-in-law just came. Thank you for your note. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. It's so nice. I'm not going to read it to you guys because this is this is my real life and some things have to be private. But she's a lot to say about the housewives. Oh, my God. Erica Jane is her favorite. Erica Jane is a goddess. Oh, my God. I didn't peg my mother-in-law uh, as an Erica Jane fan, but... Ugh, and she likes Tamara. Oh my God, yes. Oh, she likes the naughty girls. Oh, I love this side of her. Oh, this is fun. Ah, of course you <laughs> guys are bonding over the Real Housewives. I love it. Oh my God, <laughs> that sounds like it went super well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like in communication, and it's not about like Christmas logistics. And like, I think. I'm getting some insights to her that I have never gotten before. And actually, uh, in reading her email, I think we have a similar writing style, which I would have never 
thought of or like considered before. And I just I like that about her. You know, I'm learning nice little things. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, and I'm making like my own relationship with her, not just like, you know, out of being Brad's wife. Yeah, being her daughter-in-law. Oh, that's so great. That makes mm-hmm. me really happy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it seemed little, but it ended up being like a much bigger act than I thought it would be. Oh, it sounds so corny. No, it was great. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. I know. So after that, I focused on step 10, creativity. Plus, I did my best to marry that to a bunch of other steps, specifically humor and courage. I did this by performing in a storytelling show that was also a benefit for victims of Hurricane Maria. And I was there cheering for you. You were amazing. Oh, stop. But yes, you were there, and I was very glad to see you. Uh, I told a story I've been nervous to tell about when I... uh, Married friend of mine who also used to uh, be a supervisor of mine at work propositioned me for sex on uh, election night last year. I was afraid the story would make people uncomfortable and it wouldn't get any laughs. But I felt it was important to tell this particular story right now, given the recent news about Harvey Weinstein and so many others. So uh, let's give a little part of this story a listen. And warning, this material is very NC-17. And I'm sitting in the car... And I kind of can't help but laugh, because, like, what, what did he think was going to happen? I was going to be standing there outside crying and, like, so inebriated and be like, you know what? Yes. Yes. What I need right now, after watching my hopes and dreams for this nation get crushed, is to, like... Just go get fucked by another shitty old white guy. (laughs) Yes. Awesome idea. And like, you know, we'll get back to his hotel room and I'll be like, I have an idea. Let's get crazy. Let's use my tears as lube. (laughs) And like, when you go down on me, I want you to turn on MSNBC. So I can keep watching the whole country turn red over your head between my legs. And when we're done, let's just use my gas Hillary shirt as a jizz rag. So I won't be able to look at it anymore after tonight anyway. Oh, Jolenta, you were so amazing. It got laughs, right? Like you you hear the laughs. You were so funny. And I have to say, just like, you were so incredibly brave. I was in oh, awe of you. you. Both funny and brave. You were so many amazing things that night. I was just blown away by Ugh, you. I really I appreciate your support. Uh, when I listen back to that, I definitely think I sound nervous. But I think the jokes landed and I pulled it off okay. I you didn't just it pull off. it off. You were amazing. Dean Stop and I were so, so sweet. proud of you. Dean Thank and I, you. I was practically crying. I was so no, proud of gosh. you. I was so impressed. Uh, can I hear about your week two now? Yes. <laughs> sure. On that note, Good. let's go on to Thank my you. week two. So week two started by focusing on step two, generativity. That's selfless giving to others, particularly future generations. And I decided that to make a better world for future kids, for future humans, I wanted to think about reducing landfill waste and making the world a kinder place at the same time. So I volunteered with a nonprofit delivering food from gourmet restaurants to shelters, and I did it all on foot so there was no carbon footprint. And on the one hand, I have to say it felt great, but on the other hand, I was so unbelievably discouraged when I saw the enormous 
mm-hmm. amounts of plastic that the food was packaged in. And I wasn't sure if I was doing more harm than good. And I have to say that really bummed me out. Oh, Kristen, you were doing good. Like, I understand that that's a bummer and plastic is forever, you guys. Yes, so think about it is. That. It is. Um, so that was a little tough. Yeah. I wasn't sure no, how to process that. I mean, that. obviously you were doing good. You were delivering food. Anywho, I tried to move on from it. Next, I tried forgiveness. But this was also really complicated for me. It was a huge struggle. Here I am talking with Dean about forgiveness. I guess I define forgiveness differently. Forgiveness almost to me says, when someone says, oh, I'm so sorry, can I, will you please forgive me? The response is usually, yeah, it's okay. Whereas if one of these people ever asked for forgiveness, and none of them have. Of course they haven't. But if they did ask for forgiveness, my response would not be, oh, it's okay. No. It would be, go fuck yourself. You should have apologized a long time ago, you fucking asshole. Or never done those things in the first place. Yes. You piece of shit. Yes. You're a monster and no, not okay. Yeah. So I guess that's one of the steps I'm having a really hard time with because it's saying that I should forgive and I know myself when I forgive people, what I'm doing is saying it's okay. It's all good. But I can't say it's all good to these people. No. I'm never going to say it's all good. I don't good. think you should. I don't think you need to. Yeah. Not for the things they did. So I'm screwing up this book then because I'm not doing one of those steps. Not at all. But I've at least thought about it. I've at least thought about it and that maybe is important. Yeah, so pretty much I'm bad at forgiving. Uh, Kristen, I don't know if you noticed, but in my two weeks, I didn't talk about forgiveness. Oh, don't uh, I didn't notice that no, until now. because I basically had that conversation in my own head that you had with Dean and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take this on. I'm going to walk away from forgiveness right now. Donald Trump is president and everyone's a monster. And like, I don't believe in forgiveness all the way right now. (laughs) I can forgive myself for shitty things that happened to me. Like I spent years in therapy for that, but I'm not going to throw around forgiveness right now. And I don't need you to either. I think Dean is perfectly right. Thank you. Thank you. So the next step was easier. It was laughter. And as we mentioned already, for laughter, we went to see you perform. Hey. And again, I just have to say you were amazing. You were so funny. Thank you. So honest. The fact that you talked about such an incredibly difficult topic, sexual misconduct by a man in power. It was just, it was so incredibly brave. And thank you. You actually inspired me to do step four, courage, which was one of the hardest things I've done in recent years which was also about a man in power Mm -hmm. and sexual misconduct. And I wrote to the head of a company that I used to work for, and I reported that man and his sexual misconduct. And that was a man I felt that I couldn't report at the time because back when I worked for that company, anybody who complained about him seemed to magically just evaporate and not be seen in the office again. And so I felt I couldn't complain, and at the same time I felt ashamed that I wasn't speaking up. But then just watching you on stage really inspired me and made me think, it's not too late to speak up. It's never too late to speak up. And so I wrote a letter to the head of that company. And then, as you know, I called you up immediately afterward. And I was shaking and I was in tears. But I I was just, I felt good that I did it. Yeah. Even if it was late, I feel like... You helped me to be brave there, and I I really can't thank you enough for your help with that. Don't make me feel (laughs) feelings. Well, it meant a lot to me. No, I was. I mean, I was so proud of you. I was like totally in awe. You know, 
I feel like every woman I know has a story like the one you told me, you know, and it's time to like stop blaming ourselves and stop protecting people who assault other people and stop the culture around that that like makes that cool everywhere, you know, Um so you were brave and it was worth it. And like people should have to confront these things and think about how to change them, like no matter how long it's been or whatever. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It was terrifying. But Ugh, I can't imagine, I, dude. I'm just so glad I did it. Um, And then finally, I did step 10, creativity. Ah, yes. step 10. And I have to say, I was struggling <laughs> the whole two weeks wondering how I could use my own creativity to make the world a better place. And I realized that the most creative thing I have is my voice. So I volunteered to teach a class of high school journalism students, a class made up entirely of immigrants and low-income kids, on the art of interviewing people. But instead of just talking about interviewing, I also tried to empower them to have compassion for those around them, to believe in themselves, to use their voices for good, and to be kind to the world and to each other. Here's how I wrapped up the class. I so appreciate talking with all of you guys today. I just encourage you to keep asking people questions, get in those conversations with people, and be brilliant and wonderful like you already are. I can tell everybody in this room is interesting, interested, inquisitive. I can tell you're all great listeners, and I know that anybody who will talk to you will be very, very lucky to have your ears. So enjoy that privilege of being able to hear people's stories and go out there and do it. Thank you so much, everyone. Oh, Kristen, my Kristen. <laughs> Get it? It's an O Captain, my Captain yes. Dead, Dead Poets Society. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I did it. And we'll be telling you in a moment whether that means we're endorsing this book or not. But first, a reminder that we want to hear from you. Have you lived by this book? Do you know why good things happen to good people? Do bad things happen to good people? What do you think? Do bad things happen to bad people? I want that to I want just that be to what happen. <laughs> uh, share your stories with us. Leave us a voicemail at 505-510-BOOK or email us at buythebook at panoply.fm. Okay, Kristen, it is time to get down to business. Did why good things happen to good people actually work? What does it working even mean? Do we recommend it? Do we like it? Are we good now? I love this book, obviously. Mm -hmm. Duh. I loved this book. I love how happy it made me to try new and different ways to be kind. I love that the book and you pushed me to do things I Mm -hmm. might not have done otherwise. I mean, obviously, the courage part specifically that was so hard for me and I don't think without this book without you without a bunch of other things happening right now I don't know if I would have taken that step for courage Mm. being good is fun being brave is fun and so I just I really enjoyed it it made me so happy but all that being said it's not a perfect book the author Stephen Post occasionally makes jokes that fall flat there's one I don't know if you remember early in the book where he makes a joke at the expense of his wife, who's Japanese, mm-hmm. that was like, oh, my God, it stop like, it. Editor, no. where are you? Take that joke yeah, out. Yeah, that was written in 2007? Yeah. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> and I had a real problem with the forgiveness part, obviously. You already yeah. heard how I was not into that. Um, but overall, besides that, I thought the book 
it came from a really good place and it did confirm all of my biases and all my beliefs that good things do happen to good people. I already felt that way to begin with and it just confirmation bias. It's a very Kristen confirmation (laughs) bias type book. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) All right, Jolotta, how about you? Um, Okay. I loved the things that came into my life when I lived by this book. Being generous with myself was nurturing and it helped me, you know, get generous and even more brave out in the real world. Like, I took risks. This was real. You know, I helped babies go upstairs. I made my dog give people high fives. Like, I feel like I got a glimpse of what it's like for the happy people. You know, like the people that drive me insane and somehow, like, find the good in everything. You know, people, <laughs> like, my friends like you. Like, I consider you one of, like, I the happy people. I know talking about. Yes. You know? Um, and I got, like, a little look into it. And I love that. And, like, of course I want to keep these things going. I want to, like, volunteer more. I want to help other people tell their stories. Like, I'm never going to leave a woman with a stroller on the subway stairs alone. Like, I like it, but I fucking hate this book. I still hate <laughs> I hate the text. I do not recommend reading it. It is full of, like, bullshit happiness research that's like, we gave an old person a plan. How like, do you love. Know that research doesn't actually I'm mean anything. I just say, like, I've read a lot of studies, and these ones are the most vanilla, whitewashed, like, blech. Excuse like, no. me, can we mention he works for the Institute for Research on Unlimited Love? What that does is not, not sound a legit real about institute. that? That is, that is not, not legit a sounding thing. to you? <laughs> Research on unlimited love. Like, if you tore apart the experts from The Secret, who are, I don't even remember what they were experts on back in the pilot. Metaphysician. Metaphysician. From like, the what University is this, of Sedona this online? Institute yeah. of like love and like limited blood. No. <laughs> no. And like, the stories are super basic and formulaic and like made to pull out your heartstrings. And like, you can see the end coming from a thousand miles away. Sometimes like, you see the end and you still are excited. No, to get there you're not excited. You're, you're rolling your eyes. Also, when he got into the chapter on loyalty, his anti-divorce stance became very obvious. Oh, I, I will and, give that to and you. And after that yes. chapter, I was just very wary of like an undertone of a conservative agenda. I'm like, this is mostly yeah. written by the guy. He keeps making jokes about his Japanese wife. And now he's like, never fucking get divorced. Yeah. Like, okay. oh, we don't believe in that. And that's, like, you're a good person if you stay married. Like, no. Like, there are bad marriages, like, that people need to get out of. This is a very and valid point. And a relationship, yeah. like Dan Savage always says, like, it doesn't mean a relationship is a failure if it ended. Even if it was a marriage. Like, not all good relationships have to end in, like, death and old age. Yeah. Like, it's I fine. agree with you on that one. You know I 100% agree uh, with you on that. So, yeah. yeah. What do I recommend? I recommend remembering to do good shit. Uh, just listen to our podcast. That's what I recommend. Just listen to our steps. Do them as you see fit and like never pick up this book. You'll be fine. Do not waste your time reading these bullshit studies. Just do the steps that Kristen sort of distilled from the book for you. Like or, You're welcome. Or read it if you want to cry. Uh, read, read like Reviving Ophelia or Ophelia Speaks if you want like some good tear jerking stories. That's what I recommend. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Our producer is the great, compassionate, and very forgiving Cameron Drews. Our managing producer is the very funny and respectful Mia Lobel. 
Thanks also to our creative composer, Nate Wyda, and to the very loyal Andy Bowers at Panoply. Also, extra special thanks to life coach Ariana Siegel. If you want to learn more about her, go to arianacoaching.com. And a special thanks this week to Mark Pagan and his podcast, Other Men Need Help. His show was that live show I did. And if you want to hear my whole story, check out his podcast feed, Other Men Need Help. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've done why good things happen to good people and how it worked or did not work for you. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is bythebookatpanoply.fm. You can also tweet at us, at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at bythebookpod. And don't forget, you can call us at 505-510-BOOK. And you know one of those things that you can do that is very, very compassionate, creative, generative, and brave, all of those things, is to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell everyone you know about the show. You can use that be voice of yours. Be a loyal listener. Yes. Do it. Do it. Be loyal. Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer singing on our way out. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Cameron cut off her mic. Bye. We should release a whole album of Kristen singing on top of songs. (laughs) But I try. (laughs) I try. try. That's that's my Kristen singing. Never gonna fall for my love. There you go. My love walks on by. My love gets me to the (laughs) church on time. Oh, Cameron's crying. He can't handle the singing. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.